Bronco Nation, let's ride. West Virginia Nation, let's ride. Ready, set, game nation, let's ride. We are back in Waco, Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia, coming at you live on a Thursday morning. It is 7.38 a.m. here in Waco. That's 8.38 Eastern time for you, Mr. Addison. I'm Jake Talbert, along with my co-host, Phil Addison, and this is the Ready, Set, Game podcast. Welcome in, listeners. You're back for another great episode. We are excited for this one a ton to unpack today. Phil, you've been living it up in Atlanta. Give us a quick intro. How are things? Jake, things are going well here in Atlanta. We are excited back on the RSG pod. We just want to say, listeners, if you think the RSG pod is turning into something just oriented around college football, you might be a little bit correct. But at the same time, we are willing and ready to give you all the content that you need and the content you didn't know you needed to hear. So we just want to make that clear, Jake. I've had some people reach out to me and say, is this a college football pod? Is this a sports podcast? I said, listen, it's everything you want it to be. You just got to let us know. Phil, I could not agree more. We want this to be about the listeners. We are listener driven. We always have been and we always will be listener driven. So listeners, send us those requests, slide into the DMs, text us. We want to hear from you. What do you want to hear? Let us know and we will make it happen. Speaking of making it happen, we have got a little segment here called Find Our Friends on the Ready, Set, Game podcast. What we do is we simply pull up the Find My Friends app on our phones. I will pull up one Phil will also pull up one. And then at that point, we will then be able to track down a friend. We will give an assessment of where they are for their security. We will not give an exact address location, but we may say they're at the gym or they're at home, et cetera, et cetera. And then we will give an assessment or a prediction on what we believe our friend is doing in that location. So Phil, in our pregame meeting, kind of our uh, our coaching meeting, you were very excited about the person that you had in mind here. I'm hoping they're maybe in a similar location. Talk to me about your Find My Friend. You know, Jake, I pull up Find My Friends and I say, hey, who's kind of the first person on my list I'm looking for? (laughs) Obviously, it's always Jake Bardell. Jake Bardell is nowhere to be found. He's MIA right now off the radar. So we can't find him this morning. But I'll tell you who I can find. You go a little bit more east into the Midwest and and you find yourself in Columbia, Missouri. Well, I find myself looking and tracking not one, but two men in Columbia, Missouri, by the name of Trevor Batoon and Adam Rose. And they are both on the road going up Forum Boulevard, and it looks like they're heading to CC's City Broiler Steakhouse at 8 a.m. in the morning in Columbia, Missouri. I don't know what they're doing. Their hours are only from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., the cost is about the $3 signs out of $4 signs. on Which is a lot, Phil. Which is a lot. lot. And they could be getting a sweet deal at CC City's Broiler at 8 a.m. in Columbia, Missouri. Look out for those guys. They're well-connected, but they are on the move, and they're eating well. I tell you what, I am glad. Those guys are on the same road at the same time. That is a spot-on prediction of where they're going. We're going to have to call and see if we're right. Going to have to call them, 
check in. And if those two guys have not connected yet in Columbia, we're going to have to get them connected. And there's no better place than CC's. Not to be confused with CC's, where you and I uh, got to celebrate your 21st birthday party a couple years ago, uh, right. the CC's Pizza Parlor in Athens, Georgia. And that was a really, really fun time. I pulled up the Find My Friends app. And, you know, I went with someone, maybe not many of our listeners know, but they should know. One of the most uh, kind human beings on the planet um, and a man that I lived with for a couple years, Mr. Cody Terrell. Cody Terrell has probably not tuned in to the RSG pod yet, but Cody Terrell finds himself in Lampy, Missouri, kicking off the Kanakuk Institute at the yearly retreat for the opening weekend of the Institute. So he's out there, no doubt, discipling, investing, organizing, doing his thing out there. Phil, what is a what is something that if Cody Terrell were here right now that you would want to tell him? I would tell Cody Terrell, listen, um, we know that um, you and your wife have probably a lot of plans for your child. But I say, is he going to play quarterback at the University of Central Arkansas? Or is he going to take another route and go to link here and play basketball? Those are the questions you got to ask <laughs> at a young prime age of I'm sure one or two at this point. Say, what are your goals athletically for you? <laughs> Which is hilarious because they have an amazingly beautiful young daughter who is, <laughs> who is just awesome, by the way. Um, and so, Bill, I, I love that you said that. Um, uh, I don't know if she'll be joining the link here basketball team but perhaps the Link Academy volleyball squad at some point down the road. Cody Terrell, very underrated volleyball player and very, very uh, intense ping pong and pickleball player. Okay, we are moving along here. into That was a great, great question. We are moving along here into our next segment. And simply, there's no other title to say to this, but to share that wedding bells are ringing. We had a big development over the weekend. Phil, talk to us a little bit about that. That's right. I get a call uh, from uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, that um, Speed Bump, uh, aka Lucas, Ed Hockley, Magoon, and uh, Jetstream, uh, my former wife in the gospel skit, of course, not in real life, uh, they have been uh, engaged to be wed Grace Mulvaney and Lucas Ed Hockley Magoon in Hot Springs, Arkansas. She was shocked. She had told everyone on her way down that it wasn't happening for months. And uh, when when uh, on the phone with uh, Luke Mangan, he told me they were walking through a garden. He was about to get on a knee and he asked her, can I tell you what I love about you? And she said, sure, that's sweet. <laughs> with no idea of what was to come next. Pure shock from Mulvaney. Uh, and full surprise for Mangan. So uh, a big day of celebration down in Hot Springs. I love that. You know, wedding bells are ringing there. Not sure if the date has been set yet, but truly so excited for Luke and Grace, two amazing people. Um, they are as good as it comes. They're going to be a dynamic uh, couple, but I just love uh, both of them so much and them together. And we are pumped here on the RSG for Lucas Ed Hockley, Speed Bump, and Jetstream. It's going to be awesome. Speaking of wedding bells, they are ringing hard because in two days, Luke Barlow and Lexi Barclay, um, the Barlow-Barclay union is happening 
in Bentonville, Arkansas. You and I will both be there. You will be uh, in the groomsmen um, uh, lineup, and I will be running a little bit of the sound, the AV, um, some emceeing for the wedding. So we're excited about that. Um, so tell me, what's all the buzz about for this wedding? <laughs> I think there's a lot of buzz around this wedding. You're going to have Barlow, Barclays all over the place. So you got two big families. But it's really going to start at 11 a.m. Central Time in Razorback Stadium when the South Carolina Gamecocks get in there and Spencer Rattler. We know that Luke Barlow is going to be locked into this game. We know that several people are going to be in the bleachers that we know personally, maybe even on the field, uh, the buzz in Fayetteville, the Bentonville area will be all Barclay, all Barlow, all Razorbacks. So I had to take a moment there because the way that you wove that in was tremendous. Um, I do hope that maybe you're able to uh, clip that part in our audio because there was like a 15 second pause there trying to regather my thoughts after the way that you so intricately wove that together that Perhaps some listeners might actually even opt out of listening to the podcast. They may think it's over. Um, <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we love Luke, dear friend of ours. Uh, we've got to know Lexi and so pumped for them and their big day. Going to celebrate that in Bentonville. And that is the son of one of our faithful listeners, Jeremy Barlow. So that's exciting. Giving him a shout out here on the podcast. Know that uh, their family is super excited about this big day. So looking ahead, looking back, looking at where we are now, Phil, give us an update from Atlanta. Y'all had a big game last night, the Midwest Dishes 0-5 in your pickup, not pickup, but organized City League basketball, playing the Auburn Tigers, also 0-5. The listeners are dying to know how that played out. Jake, it was a hard-fought battle in Atlanta. You know, we started the game with only five players. Uh, but the Auburn Tigers also only started the game with five players. They had a couple guys in their team that weren't wearing jerseys. One was wearing a Clay Thompson Warriors jersey and wearing sweatpants. So you had to think that they were not equally as equip equipped or prepared uh, for the game as we were. We had a sixth man roll in about five minutes into the first half. Uh, and it was a back and forth battle, Jake. We started out slow, uh, got some shots up, were able to um, get some foul calls go our way. And you get to about, I want to say, seven minutes left in the game. Uh, we're down by 11. It doesn't look good. Uh, we start to get a couple stops. We get a couple baskets. Uh, we come down the floor with about four minutes remaining. I get a, a just a, a, a basket toss of a pass over to me at the three-point line from about three feet back. Bang! Cut that lead to three points. I was fired up with a big let's go. They call the timeout. We have all the momentum. And going towards the end of regulation, they have an opportunity to score. Uh, they miss a three-pointer with about three seconds left. Ricky Wilson has an absolute heave, misses that one, going to overtime. Uh, and we're down by three, three seconds left. One of our good friends, Alex Mowry, puts up a shot um, with three seconds to go. We end up losing the game 51 to 49 in overtime. The Midwest Dishes go 0-6 so far on the year, Jake. We got one more chance to make this happen. It looks like we're playing the money team next week for the final game of the regular season. We're hoping to make the playoffs. We're not exactly sure if all the teams do or don't. 
but a bone crushing defeat here in Atlanta, Jake. Man, Phil, I hate that for you guys. I hate that, you know, you get so close, all of the emotions building back into that game and then to lose it at the end. It almost reminds me a little bit of the Baylor North Carolina basketball game in the round of 32 last year. You spend so much effort getting back and then you just come up a little bit short and that's where you guys uh, sounds like landed um, last night. I know that's devastating, but hopefully we can finish the season next week, one and six with a big win next week. We're excited to tune in for that one. Quick update from Waco. Um, you know, there's not a not a massive update. Had the uh, had the church retreat over the weekend, so amongst that had great intentional time, fellowship time. Watched a lot of college football. Played a lot of games. It was fantastic. It was a great weekend was not at McLean Stadium, which was sad to miss the kickoff. Haven't done that in a long time, but it was worth it. And we'll be back in a few weeks at McLean Stadium uh, as the Bears take on Texas State. So all things good from Waco, teaching my uh, RLS 2301 camp administration class here in about three hours. So we'll be downloading with some of the members of the football team at that time. Um, Phil, let's take a quick trip down memory lane. We've been doing this the last couple of weeks where we've been highlighting one of our favorite sports moments, college sports moment that we've attended. Could be any sport. They've really gravitated toward football. But talk to us about a trip down memory lane for you, college athletics. Yeah, Jake, you know, I don't know fully what number I'm on, but I do know that I have a list that goes on and on and on forever. Um for these college sporting events. So I'm going to go with uh, surprisingly another loss for the Georgia Bulldogs in college football against the Auburn Tigers in 2017. Jordan Hare Stadium, walk in to about a 2.30 p.m. kick central time. Uh, to give you a little bit of context of the pregame, uh, we did not have tickets to this game walking into it. Me and a friend Chandler Cubbage and I were um, heading to the stadium there was a lot of traffic happening in Auburn. I happened to be wearing a red Nick Chubb jersey. And for some reason, I had a neon green um, construction vest. So uh, in the middle of Auburn, I uh, got out of one of our friend's cars, ran about half a mile down the road, stopped traffic completely as if I worked for a construction site or was a police officer because I had a neon vest and waved our entire friend group through the intersection so that we could park to get to the game on time. We get to campus. We're walking around the stadium, walking around seven times, hoping it'll fall like they did in Jordan. <laughs> but we, we're walking around, and finally we say, hey, we go up to uh, one of the um, workers for the stadium, um, and we say, hey, we're trying to get into the game. She said, do you have tickets? She said, no. She said, follow me. Sweet woman takes us right through the stadium, we end up sending a beeline right towards the back of the end zone. We sit uh, about 10 rows up. Georgia has a great first drive. Um, Nick Chubb, about a, a, a five-yard run. Jake, it was over from there. The final score was 40-17. to 17. Jake Fromm threw a couple interceptions. Uh, Jordan Hare was uh, prepared for the dogs that evening. Um, but we did come back and win the SC championship over the Auburn Tigers later on that year. Um, but a fun pregame routine that led to, uh, unfortunately, a loss for the dogs, but a day that I'll always remember. 
Phil, that is a really fun story. Listeners, always keep the moral of that story, if anything else, is to always keep a neon vest in the back of your car, just in case you need it for a moment such as that. Phil, I'm going to take us to my number six game. We were at my number seven game last week. We're going to my number six game this week, and this takes us back to 2012. One of your favorite college football players of all time comes into Waco. The Heisman is his to lose. Colin Klein, Kansas State, is number one in the country. Colin Klein comes in, has a great dynamic of running, passing, but also just leadership, kind of that Tim Tebow type style. Uh, probably the, the most, his player comp, if you will, would have been Tim Tebow. Not as vocal, but just as much of a leader. Great numbers. Colin Klein, Bill Snyder, and Kansas State come in uh, as number one in the country. Baylor right now is on the cusp of a five and five campaign. They were, I'm sorry, they were four and five at the time, uh, one and five in conference, unranked. Nick Florence at the helm, quarterback, one of my favorite Baylor quarterbacks of all time. Um, Baylor jots out to a 28 to 17 halftime lead. And then in the third quarter, they score 24 points to seven in the third quarter. And they are just pouring it on in old Floyd Casey Stadium in Waco, Texas. Florence ends up throwing for 238. We take two backs over 100. Lake Seastrunk, the Temple, Texas product, started his career at Oregon, finished with 185. And Colin Klein was limited to 54% passing on the day with three picks. And so Baylor defense uh, showed up that day. It was one of the few times they showed up that year. Um, Keep in mind, this is the same year that they gave up 825 total yards to West Virginia and Geno Smith, who threw for 670 in that game, 300 plus, which went to Tavon Austin. And so all that being said, great game in Waco for me. That's that's going to come in as my number six, a 52 to 24 drubbing of number one, Kansas State. Jake, I mean, that is an incredible game to be a part of. There's a lot of games that we love to be a part of and a lot of games we loved watching last week. We have some winners, losers, surprises uh, of week one. Jake, got to give me uh, your winners, losers and biggest surprises from week one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Winners. I'll give you a couple right off the bat. The SEC. And, and you know, I'm a Big 12 guy, but I have to recognize the SEC completely showed out last week. You know, I had picked uh, Memphis to maybe beat Mississippi State. No chance. Uh, I had picked Utah to beat Florida. We saw that uh, came down to a, a last second pick, but Florida ended up winning. Uh, we saw uh, Oregon trying to roll into um, Atlanta and try and steal one from the dogs. Absolutely no chance. That game was unbelievable. And the dominance um, of UGA in that game. So I would say the SEC was definitely a winner. Um, I would also say some, some, some sneak away teams. Got, they, they snuck away some wins. North Carolina State, they did not look good, but they snuck one out um, against Eastern Carolina, missed field goal there at the end of the game, North Carolina as well, also uh, snuck away with one. So I don't know if they're necessarily a winner, but they're not a loser. So I would say the state of North Carolina as UNC and NC State both squeaked out um, big games um, last week. That's right, Jake. Uh, A lot of those games in North Carolina uh, between App State, UNC, ECU, NC State, 
they were, I mean, we had a shootout on one end and then honestly just a gross looking defensive battle, if you will, uh, in East Carolina. So uh, one of my uh, biggest winners, Old Dominion, going back against the Hokies at home. They beat Virginia Tech, I believe, uh, in Blacksburg uh, a few years ago. They did. Uh, but they pulled out a three-point win at Old Dominion, uh, a massive win for them. Obviously, to reiterate, to reiterate what you said earlier, the dogs just look dominant. Stetson Bennett, 368 yards, no interceptions, a handful of touchdowns. And Bo Nix, you know, Talbert, he's still never beaten the Docs, which, you know, I'm sure he hates, but uh, we love. Uh, your Bears putting up 69 against Albany. I mean, I'm excited to see the special teams look great. The offense looked great. The defense looked great. It's all around uh, looking good in Waco. Obviously, Ohio State pulling out the win over Notre Dame, which was huge. Uh, and then, unfortunately, my my most confident pick, uh, BYU out at South Florida, really wanted Jerry Bohannon to get that win. They got blown out 50-21. to 21. But I did change my pick uh, last minute, I believe, in my pick em. Maybe not with you and I. I have to look back. Uh, but Houston over UTSA, that game was mighty close. Uh, San Antonio had every opportunity to win, just couldn't get it done, Jake. Bill, great analysis. You know, looking back, this is a game that I was just shocked. You know, was sitting there watching and my friend said, hey, you will never guess what the score of the Iowa-South Dakota State game is. And I said, what is it, like 10 to 3? And he was like, nope. And I said, I, I can't guess. It's Iowa. We flip over to the station and the game score is five to three. At that point, it's five to three. We flip off, we flip over to App State UNC, which App State scored 40 in the fourth quarter alone. My gosh, they're coming to College Station this week. Look out. Yeah. And uh, we flip back to the Iowa game and it's seven to three. They had gotten another <laughs> safety. They'd gotten a safety, a safety, and a field goal, and they ended up winning the game. Seven to three. Phil, looking ahead um, after this week, where do you feel like the Heisman race? Any shakeup in the Heisman race um, here going into week two? Yeah, Jake, you know, I think you look at uh, kind of the big names. Bryce Young, obviously, in Alabama, winning 55 to zero against Utah State. No surprise there. Uh, but a full team effort. Bryce Young, you know, only 195 yards. They got a lot of, um, you know, a lot of rushing uh, yards on the ground as well, obviously. Bryce Young with 100 yards on the ground, too. So you look at that, uh, he's going to be dynamic. Uh, he's going to make plays, uh, which is expected. You know, he's trying to win back-to-back -back Heismans, which I'm not sure has ever been done. Um, correct me if I'm wrong there. But um, I do think that uh, C.J. Stroud, I was looking for him to put up a little bit more numbers as far as that goes. But Stetson Bennett, people are going to keep sleeping on Jake. And obviously, I have my bias there, but I do think, uh, that Bennett has a chance if he plays well, makes the right plays. I don't know if you saw that play against Oregon uh, there towards the very end, but his scrambling, running out, it was Bo Nix-esque as, as, as you would get uh, the good Bo Nix rather than the one they got this past Saturday. But Jake, um, for me, there's not really much of a front runner right now. I would say it's always too early to tell, but it's never too early to take a guess. Absolutely. I love that you threw Stetson Bennett in there. He is 
very, very adamantly inserted himself into the conversation. And many pundits are really, really hyping up AR-15 from Florida now. Anthony Richardson, number 15 for Florida, had a big game on the ground and through the air. Um, and so he's a guy that we'll continue to watch. They've got a big game this week, which we'll diagnose and download a little bit later on. Um, Phil, looking ahead here to week two, what's your can't miss game of the week? Which game are you no doubt tuning in for? Jake, there's a lot of great games this week. I'm going to take us, though, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Pitt. I think these two teams may be two of the most equally matched teams in the entire country. They just have offenses that match each other well. Do two good quarterbacks uh, with Slovis and Hooker. I just think that um, they're going to have what it takes uh, to end up pulling it out, Tennessee will. Um, but this kind of reminds me of a has the feel of the Tennessee Purdue Nashville Tennessee Music City Bowl. Going to come down to the wire, maybe calls and go a certain way for a certain team. But I really do think that this game is going to be uh, a must-watch. Three thirty p.m. Eastern kickoff. Uh, Jake, that's going to that's going to one going to want to be when you glue your eyes on. Absolutely, Phil. That is a great, great uh, game to watch. Pitt was definitely in there last week with West Virginia. Had an epic clash with JT Daniels in the backyard brawl. Uh, looking for me, my can't miss game of the week. Um, I'm going to go with one right here in the state of Texas. Not because it's the highest ranked, but because I think it's going to be great. Houston at Texas Tech. This is a game, not a lot of massive implications on the line. Houston, uh, a group of five school that they are trying to maybe find a way to get into the college football playoff. It would take an absolute miracle for them to get there. But their schedule is favorable, and they have some games where if they did win out and were undefeated, they could make a case and make an argument. Uh, but this is a non-conference game that they would have to win. It's in Lubbock. I'm curious to see how Texas Tech is. So that's a game I'm going to keep my eyes on. Number 25, Houston at Texas Tech. A 3 p.m. kick on FS1. Tickets as low as $12 there at Jones AT&T Stadium. Um, Phil, we're going to move ahead here. We've got our pick on this week. Last week in our head-to-head, -head, we went back. We looked at the scores. Um, I took that one. Seven to three. You were six and four. Uh, straight up, not against the spread, just straight up. Uh, so I'm in the lead right now, seven to three, six to four. And we've got a slate of 10 games that we're going to unpack uh, here this morning. And um, I'm excited to unpack these. The first one is an SEC Big 12 matchup, an old Big 12 matchup, two unranked teams, two teams that are really unproven, Missouri at Kansas State. Phil, who are you taking in this one? Yeah, Jake, you go to Bill Snyder Family Stadium, Manhattan, Texas. You know Darian Stokes is going to be there. It's a big game for the Wildcats, big game for the Tigers. Uh, 11 a.m. kick, one of the first games you're going to see on Saturday. I can't pick against Adam Rose and Missouri Tigers. I've got to go with Missouri in the SEC here. I think they're going to be a little more competitive in the East this year. And I just think the Wildcats uh, – they're not going to be able to compete, I think, with Missouri's offense. I don't think they're as equal. It'll be a defensive battle, I think, through and through as it comes down. Love that analysis, Phil, and I love that we're going different ways. First pick, I'm taking the Wildcats in this one. I think Deuce Vaughn's going to have a huge, huge game. I don't think that Mizzou will play a back like him for the next couple of weeks. He's a phenomenal running back. I think K-State's going to get it done. 
on the ground behind that offensive line. Uh, they're going to make the plays when they need to, but they're going to control the clock, and that's what they want to do. That's Kansas State football, and I'm going to take the Wildcats in this one. Speaking of controlling the clock, Jake, that's something that the Vanderbilt Commodores have done all season. If you look at their first two games, they first scored 63 points against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, and now they head into week Week three for them, technically, they had a little bit of a slip up against Elon. They won the game, but it was 42-31. But Wake Forest comes into Nashville on Saturday, September 10th, 11 a.m. Central kick again. I think Wake's going to start out a little shaky. They're going to have some turnovers. I'm taking the Commodores in an upset. Their first ranked win in probably about five years. I like Vandy in this game. I'm going SEC again, Jake. Bill, I like that pick. You're starting off strong with the SEC, and we've got a loaded slate of SEC games that you're going to get to pick from on this pick'em. I'm going Wake Forest. Sam Hartman is back. He is an elite quarterback. He's a top five quarterback in college football when he's healthy. He got the release to play this week. They looked great last week um, with the backup, and I think that Hartman's going to have a big day. I think Vanderbilt will keep it close for for the uh, for the first two quarters. I think Wake Forest, the experience of Sam Hartman, will pull away. In the second half, I'm taking Wake Forest. Jake, that's a good pick. Even though I may disagree, I think I like the way that we're heading here. Like I said, we go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the Steelers and home of the Pitt Panthers. Tennessee at Pitt. I really, like I said before, Jake, I think Tennessee's got the program this year to compete in the East as well. Uh, I think they're going to do a great job. Hooker's a guy that I've liked to see the way that he's grown uh, in the in the past couple of years. Um, and I'm going to take the Vols uh, over the Panthers uh, this weekend. Bill, I'm going to echo that pick. Won't spend too much time here. Um, I also am taking Tennessee in this one. Hendon Hooker is going to have a big game. You know, he had four touchdowns last week. Jalen Wright's going to get it done on the ground. He had a touchdown uh, a week ago. Tennessee has an elite offense. They score in a hurry. You look up at the clock and they remind you of some of those old Miss days, the TCU, the Baylors back in the day when they would just score at will. That's what this Tennessee team reminds me of. They're going to get it done in Pittsburgh. Keaton Slovis will keep it close, but Tennessee will take this one. Absolutely, Jake. I think moving on, we're going to California. Fresno State brings in Oregon State. I picked the Beavers last week and I'm picking them again. There's no way they're going to Fresno State and losing this game. I think the Beavers have enough of what it takes. Big win against Boise State last week. I like Oregon State in this one, Jake. Bill, I like that pick. You know, I was originally going to go with the Beavers, but I think they're going to be riding this momentum. They're going into Fresno State, a team that is playing very well, a team that has a lot of talent. I'm going to take Fresno State at home, Oregon State away from Corvallis, I think it's going to be a tough road test for them. I think they're going to be a little bit too high after last week, and I think we're going to see a drop-off this week. I'm taking Fresno State. Jake, I uh, I like the pick, but I also like riding out my guys in Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Houston had a big win over UTSA. Some people saying they should have won, should have lost. I think it's going to be a shootout in Lubbock, if I'm being honest. It always is. Texas Tech brings that out of every team. Uh, they bring out the offense because they have no defense. But I like Houston. I like the momentum of them heading into the Big 12. Uh, I think they're going to make some noise this year to push that undefeated schedule. I like Houston against Texas Tech and Lubbock. 
Bill, I'm taking Houston as well. I think Houston's going to go in. Jones, AT&T. It's going to be wild. It's only a 3 p.m. kickoff, which doesn't give the Tech fans as much time uh, to get into the atmosphere as much as they do for a night game in Lubbock. Clayton Toon, he, he, he played out of his mind last week against UTSA. He's just a gut, gut go-to quarterback, and he's going to get it done on the road in Lubbock. Jake, we head down to Gainesville where they are high on the Gators. Number 20, Kentucky going to the Swamp, number 12, Florida. Unranked last week, beat number seven, Utah, obviously at home. That game was electric. Richardson played a heck of a game. Uh, Utah played their hearts out as well. Bone crushing interception in that game for Utah. Jake, Florida has experienced a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows in the last few years. You had your Kyle Trask and your Kyle Pitts. You had last year where you felt like you went through 100 different quarterbacks and a couple of different coaches. Well, I'm here to tell you today, Jake, that Kentucky is going to bring that roller coaster ride back to Gainesville. I'm taking the Wildcats over Florida in the swamp. Man, that is a great pick. This is really a coin flip for me. I mean, I would pull out a coin here if I had one, and I would flip it. I'm taking the Gators in this one. I think they're riding the momentum. Billy Napier's got the fans riled up in Gainesville. Will Levis is going to come in, had a really solid first week, 303 yards, uh, three touchdowns. But Anthony Richardson and that team on the ground, they're going to get it done at home in the swamp. The question mark for me will be, can Florida – put together some long drives. They're going to have to put together some long drives to be able to keep Kentucky off the field, give their defense a little bit of a rest. So I think if they can sustain some 10, 12, 15 play drives, I think they're going to win this football game. That's right, Jake. I, I, I think that's a good pick. Uh, I do think that's going to be a great game. We're going to see who comes out on top in Gainesville. Next, going to California, uh, we have an in-state battle here, USC number 10 in the country versus Stanford. This reminds me a little bit of Oregon being Ohio State last year. They were high and mighty. They were highly ranked. They went to Stanford a little bit later. They didn't handle the ball well, Jake, and they lost to the Cardinal at Stanford. I think that USC is going to be able to get it done. But this reminds me uh, of a little bit of a Toby Gearhart type of team, uh, and Andrew Luck, if you will. I think these guys have some grit to them. It's not going to be pretty, but I'm taking USC on top. Bill, I think Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley and company are going to come into um, uh, Stanford and they're going to be hot. It's going to be it's going to be a great game. Um, it's I think it's going to be fun. USC on paper, they should win by three or four touchdowns on paper. Stanford's going to keep it close. I think up until the fourth quarter, I think Caleb Williams will make some plays both with his arms, arm and uh, with his feet. I think that Caleb Williams is the difference maker in this game. They got a big help from their defense last week. Three pick sixes. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah. three pick sixes from USC last week. I don't think they'll get that lucky again, but I do think they'll come out on top. I'm taking USC. Jake, take us to Texas. College game day, Bama, Texas. This is a big one. A lot of people in Austin aren't sure what to expect. You know, ticket prices started around $250 for this game. They've gone all the way down to $16. So if you want to find yourself in Austin this weekend, listeners, uh, I think you can because uh, DKR, Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin, uh, looks like they need some help. Jake, who do you have here in this game? 
Bill, this is this is such a fun game for me. One college game day in the state of Texas. They're coming to Austin. I can feel uh, the atmosphere about 90 miles south of here. And this is a huge game for the University of Texas, maybe one of the biggest games they've had in the history of the program in the last 10 years. A chance Texas is back, Quinn Ewers at quarterbacks, Arkeesian, you know, uh, getting into his coaching um, uh, stay just a little bit longer. And, you know, it's a big game for them. There's no, there's no Big 12 implications on the line, but there are national implications. There's a recruiting battle on the line here. Um, I think that Texas comes in, they're going to play inspired football. The reality is, is they have just as many five-star athletes as Alabama. They really do. But Alabama has the coaching. Alabama has the execution, the excellence, the tradition, the history, and they have proven themselves time and time again. Why would I pick against Bryce Young in this one? I'm taking Alabama by 17 plus. Jake, I hate, uh, obviously, always to see Alabama go in and embarrass another team. But that's not happening this weekend. Texas is back. I think they're going to win this game by about three or four points. I am taking the Longhorns at 11 a.m. kick. This one's going to be nationally broadcasted. I have a bunch of friends in Austin right now that are saying, no way, no how. Listen, LSU went undefeated in 2019. Their closest game of the year, arguably, the Bama game was here and there, was against the Texas Longhorns at home. I think on the biggest stage, Texas can play their best football. I think it's early. Sarkeesian's got to prove himself. I'm taking the Longhorns over Bama, Jake. I love that pick. You know, for the hope of the Big 12, I'm hoping that Texas does win this game. I'm I'm on the air saying that. I'm, I'm going for Texas. We'll be rooting for Texas in this game. We're going to move up north. Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa scored seven points last week, but no touchdowns. And Iowa State comes in, new quarterback. They had a lot of guys transfer out. Coach Matt Campbell has done, as he always does, a great job of rebuilding, instilling culture in that team there. Iowa State at Iowa. Who are you taking in that game, Phil? Jake, I like the Cyclones. I don't think Iowa proved to me last week that they have the offense to compete with the Cyclones, even though it is not an Ames. Uh, I think the Cyclones are going to be able to pull this one out. Bill, I'm taking the same thing. I just don't think Iowa has the offense to put enough points on the board. I'm taking the Cyclones in this one. And now we're going to Baylor at BYU. Um, Phil, I'm taking Baylor in this one. They're, they're flying out uh, today. They'll be there. Um, but I think Baylor's going to show up. I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to take Baylor by two touchdowns in this game. Uh, Baylor's not favored. They're three-point underdogs. Baylor on the road. Blake Shapin gets a chance to play four full quarters, and America's going to see really how talented he is. You go to Provo, you have a nice weekend, you have a good time, you come out of winter. I'm taking the Bears. Jake, who's your upset this week in college football? I'm taking App State over Texas A&M in College Station. You heard it here first. Wow. And, Jake, this is a game that not many people are watching, but I'm going to take UAB over Liberty up in Lynchburg. I think the Blazers have what it takes to beat the Flames. Phil, I love that. This has been the Ready, Said Game podcast. We'll be back next week. But until then, ready, set, game.